Have you ever been gaming or working online classes and your internet service constantly gets interrupted? First Nations Fiber is about to ensure that just won't happen again. Get ready for high speed at a new level. Click on fnfiber.com and sign up today. First Nations Fiber, empowering people through connectivity. Hi, everybody. This is Mark Lalone. I'm the host of Meatheads. Today on the episode, we'll be talking about food-related issues, judgment, and emotional eating. Please be forewarned that this may trigger certain people in the community, but it's an important discussion and needs to be held. Thanks for listening. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a very special episode of Meatheads. My name is Mark Lalonde, and I'll be your host. Not joining me as usual is my podcast partner, Derek DeLille, chairman and CEO of Total Fitness here in Gunawage. Unfortunately, Derek... Uh, had to undergo a medical procedure today and is unavailable. Sadly, you're stuck with me. And there could be worse things, and but uh, there could be better. So let's just try and take you through how some challenges I'm currently facing in the realm of health and fitness. So I'm pretty excited about sharing this with you guys today. It's been a long time coming. I'm here to talk about my own shortcomings and my own pain and my own anxieties. Food is 80% of the job in fitness. When you're talking about training and exercise and wanting to change your body, what you put in your body is three times as important as what you put out of it in terms of exercise. Both matter, both are paramount, and frankly, both are really, really important, but nutrition probably is more important. So I'm going to be frank and not Mark. <laughs> no, that's a terrible dad joke, and I apologize. There's no other way for me to emotionally deflect what I'm going to talk about today. And the key is, is, is food. And I'm here to talk to you guys today about food and my relationship with it. And what a struggle it is at times. I'm really hoping that opening up to you guys, my audience, loyal listeners of Meatheads and beyond, that opening up to you guys today might help others with their, with their feelings of emotional attachment to food. Going back, I want to say probably a little bit more than a year, uh, I was dealing with some health issues of my own, and I started using food as an emotional crutch. At times, I wasn't sure how to deal with what I was feeling. I didn't know how to deal with what was going on in my body, and I didn't know what, how to deal with life as I knew it. So I turned to food because food has always been there for me and been loyal and always, always been a factor in my life that has never let me down. So that's the emotional eater's credo, is that food is my friend and will never let me down. The satisfaction of the flavors together in your mouth, the satisfying crunch of potato chips, the easy availability of junk food in damn near every place you go these days has made staying on the nutritional wagon extremely difficult. And I'm here to tell you that I am struggling with that. In about a year, I put on 40 pounds, and I don't like how it feels. I don't like the stiffness in my legs. I don't like the lack of ease of movement for me. I don't like how my clothes feel, and I don't like how I feel. I've started allowing for my pain and fatigue by shortening my nightly walks with my dog. So my response to pain and fatigue has been to not push through and commit to more exercise, but rather to drop some level of exercise off. So basically, I've spent the last year or so gradually ramping down my calorie burning and increasing my consumption of delicious treats and often to excess, I have to admit. I've struggled with self-esteem issues, self-image issues, depression, anxiety, and emotional tumult. 
And I'm sure I'm not the only one, but I'm here sharing my story with you. So it's going to have to do for now. Some background for you. Before the pandemic hit, I was a full-time personal trainer and fitness teacher. I was teaching upwards of two to four fitness classes a day, coupled with my own workouts, uh, as well as walking my dogs for an hour plus every night. And I was in the best shape of my life. I even committed to spending the winter of 2019 and 2020 working towards a bodybuilding competition. I wasn't quite ripped at that point, but certainly I was in the best shape of my life, working out daily, eating clean, and working out without major pain or obstacles. I was emotionally satisfied, and I felt great about my journey. Then poof, all that went up in smoke in an instant. Friday, March 13th, 2020, I was lying in bed, and my kid's school was canceled. I got an email on my phone saying, my kid's school had been canceled that day and that there was no school for the children. Okay, I said, I get to sleep in a little later. I got an email a few minutes later canceling my fitness classes on Friday morning at the Dollard Senior Center. There were three of them. They canceled those. And I said, okay, well, at least I don't have to go to Dollard today. I'll just go do my West Island Women's Center classes in the afternoon. An email half an hour later canceled those classes as well. And... That began the great lockdown, Friday the 13th. It'll be a day that lives on in infamy, certainly in my head. Since that day, my fitness and nutrition routines have gone in sort of opposite directions. For a long time, gyms were closed and I was forced to work out at home in my home gym. And that was okay. And then the only thing as a family that we were able to do during that time in order to spend time was order food. So we would order food and have family dinners and enjoy ourselves. And food became the only thing that was fun in a day that was otherwise filled with sitting around, trying to entertain ourselves, trying to entertain my kids, trying to stave off that feeling of malaise that comes in when you're not sure what to do with your day and how to expend all your energy. And frankly, I was not in a good place. I still work out every day. I work out 20 days out of 21. I take every third Saturday off and my habits in the weight room have still been good. I coach two football teams, so I'm busy at the field after supper four nights a week. So uh, five nights a week rather. So I'm quite tired all the time. And fact of the matter is that there are a lot of issues that I'm still struggling to resolve in my life. And that being the case, I still rely on food as an emotional crutch. But that, dear listeners, is all over today. All over. So I'm going to give you a bit of a rundown of how my days go. I get up in the morning. Kids go to school. I set to work on, you know, whatever news stories I have to write that day for Yuriwaze. And I sit down. I don't get up and go teach fitness classes. I sit down and I write. Then I'll get up and I'll go to the gym around midday. And then I'll come back and finish my stories, pick up my kids from school, start supper, and then go coach football. I'm at practice every night. And when I get done around 8.30, I am done. Done. D-O-N-E. Done. Tired, burnt out, and in no mood to walk my dogs for a long period of time. My feet hurt. My ankles hurt. My knees hurt. My hips hurt. My back hurts. It all hurts. So the end result has been I the hour plus walk 
becomes some nights 20 minutes, some nights 30 minutes, some nights 40 minutes, and it's never really all that demanding. I don't know what the answer is, except that I keep turning to food for emotional stability. I come in from football at night and I'm tired and I'm in pain. And often my trigger for physical pain is to eat junk food because, well, it feels better. So because I'm also ADHD and I have, I struggle with impulsivity, it makes overcoming urges really hard. So when I'm driving home from those football practices, I'm overcome by the urge to stop at a fast food restaurant. Between the field and my house, there are a McDonald's, three pizza places, a Thai Express, a KFC, a Wendy's, a La Belle Provence, an Amir, a Harvey's, a St. Hubert, and a Subway. They're brightly colored, orange, yellow, and red signs, all of which are calling to me like a siren song. And it's really, really hard to resist. The idea of buying a bunch of hamburgers and bringing them home with me feels and makes me feel safe. I can't explain why that is. I can't start to understand why that is. But I think part of it goes back to when I was a kid and my parents were divorced and we didn't always have a lot to eat. We didn't always have enough to eat. So maybe that's why as an adult, I struggle with emotional eating. Could be that it's a reaction to my parents' divorce and the lack of emotional connection I've felt with them. Their divorce when I was five hit me hard and I'm not sure I ever really recovered. I don't know. I just don't know. But I do know this. A lot of times in my life, I have used food as an emotional crutch and I continue to today. So I'm excited about this day. Why am I excited, you might ask? Well, I'm excited to share my pain and fear with you to my loyal, our loyal listeners and this community. And it's already relieving some of the shame and pain I feel. But my goodness, I would love to start feeling better and lighter. I love to move and, at this, and moving at this point always feels like work. My ankles and knees hurt, my back hurts, and my glutes are always sore. No matter how much soaking I do in my backyard hot tub, which I thought buying that would alleviate all my pain. Nope, I was wrong. So as of today, with this podcast, it's going to turn around. Everything has to start somewhere. And the fact that I've taken control of my emotional eating in the past gives me hope that this once more will become a turning point, the point when the ship starts to turn itself around. I'm going to commit here and now to a few more things that would make some major changes in my life. I'm going to commit to drinking a protein shake for breakfast in order to curb my post-workout hunger pangs around the middle of the day. I'm going to commit to walking my dogs an hour every night, no matter how cold, rainy, or dark the night is, no matter how achy, sore, or unhappy I am. I'm going to commit to a food journal, and I'm going to commit to a salad every day for lunch for a post-workout meal with some lean protein. No more emotional chips, no more saying to myself, oh, you've just worked out, you can have some more tackies. Might be the greatest snack on the planet. Oh my God, they're so good. I bought eight bags last week. That was a mistake. And I'm going to commit to an extra hour of cardio every night after football ends because I have no excuse not to do this. I am very well equipped at home with two cardio apparatuses. And I'm a member of not one, but two gyms. I have no excuse. Most of all, and this is the hardest part of all, I'm going to commit to weighing myself daily and then sharing that progress with you, dear listeners. My hope is that our loyal audience may be able to keep me on track and allow me to feel supported when I'm doing well. 
There's a lot of love in the world, and that love goes so far when it's applied in the right places and towards the right direction. The fact of the matter is that the more love one feels in one's life, uh, the less likely they are to turn to other forms of compensation to feel good, satisfied, or emotionally whole. That being said, I'm really, really excited about sort of taking you guys through my workout routine on, a, on the daily, and maybe some of you would be interested in taking up that challenge alongside me. So really, really jazzed. That's one good habit that I've been in and stayed in for a long time, and that is I work out every day. Why do I work out every day? I mean, clearly it's not to keep the weight off, obviously, but I love how I feel. I love how it makes me feel. I love how my nervous energy is dissipated. I love how my anxiety tends to float away. I love how the endorphins make me feel amazing and confident after I'm done. And most of all, I love uh, how well I sleep, which is the be all and end all of my days these days. So I'll take you through my workout regimen a little bit, and I'm excited to do that. Today is Tuesday, so I haven't worked out yet. It's going to be back biceps day. So let's, you know what, let's take it back to Monday, just to start from the beginning. So Monday, everybody hates Mondays, and everybody hates leg days. So I put the two together, and I get all that pain out of the way in one day. So on Tuesdays, I will do leg day, 10 sets, uh, three extra, sorry, 10 exercises, three sets of each. Uh, for a total of 30 exercises. That's my benchmark on the daily. And that's what I, that's the amount that makes me feel good and tired. So let's talk about leg day. Leg day is really a blast. And so I like to start with uh, heavy stuff first. Fact of the matter is whatever you're, whenever you're going into the weight room and you're lifting, you should always start with your heaviest stuff first when you have the most energy available to you. So my first exercise on leg day is always, always heavy deadlifts. I do three sets of eight very heavy deadlifts, and then I move on to squats. I do weighted heavy squats, and then I move on from there to leg press, single leg leg press, and hack squats. Hack squats are a, uh, an apparatus wherein you put weight on your shoulders and you squat down without having a bar to uh, have to guide. So it makes it a lot easier, and you can put more weight on. So I love hack squats. They're fantastic. They don't require you to do as much balancing as squats or deadlifts do. And they are fabulous. So after those, I like to jump into hamstring curls, single leg hamstring curls, not double. That hurts my back because I'm old and broken. Rear leg lifts, leg extensions, which are awful because I have a surgically repaired white, right quadricep muscle. And I finish with some ball curls to work my hamstrings and my adductors and abductors. So you do a ball twist, you dig your heels in the ball, lift your bum in the air and twist the ball using your heels. It requires you to work your adductors and abductors quite a bit. That's, oh, I forgot calf raises. That's another part of leg day. So those are my 10 on leg day. I highly recommend after leg day, a brisk walk to clear the lactic acid from your legs. I highly recommend not sitting down immediately after leg day because getting back up will be extremely difficult and probably really odious. So that's Monday. Tuesdays is going to be back biceps. So that's what I'm going to do in a few minutes. When I leave this podcast, I'm headed off to the gym where I'll do lat pulldowns, single arm dumbbell rows, 
out of a plank position. Then I'll do face pulls, which is you take a rope and pull it towards your face. Uh, supinated rows, which is doing rows with a supine position of your arms. That means palms to the sky to engage your biceps. All these different pulling exercises work both your back and your biceps. So when I'm done, I usually feel pretty good about how those muscles feel. Wednesday is a chest triceps day. So I'll do 10 sets of chest and tricep exercise. Usually I do six chest and four tricep because bench press and incline press also engage your triceps. And then I will rinse and repeat those three days on Thursday, on Friday, and Saturday. Sundays, I like to go in, I like to sleep in and get in and do very heavy shoulders training day and a cross train. So I'll do some wood chops, I'll do some box jumps, I'll do different kinds of physical, different kinds of physical challenges that aren't typical weight training exercises. Before you say, hey, Mark, where's the abdominals in this set? I do abdominals every day. Every day I do two, excuse me, three two-minute plank sets to engage my back, which at 45, you know, tends to be stiff when I get up in the morning and the planking allows it to no longer be in pain. I would argue that the simple act of, of getting into a plank at any point is so good for your back. I would recommend it to every adult in their 40s right now, 50s, 60s, and 70s also, but for, you know, less time. One of my favorite post-leg day exercises is going for a long bike ride. I don't know about any of you guys, but it's a great way to get some fresh air, work my cardiovascular system lightly, and to just get out and enjoy the streets and the leaves and nature. Speaking of which, why couldn't the bike stand up on its own? Ha! Because it was too tired. Get it? Too tired? Who's with me, people? Who's with me? No one. That's fine. I get that a lot. It's not the first time, and it probably won't be the last. So the exciting part of all of this confession-type monologue that uh, I'm sharing with you, dear listeners, today is to help me essentially find a certain level of accountability in the public. It's nice when you hear that people are following. It's nice when you hear that people are paying attention, but it's really nice when you feel, when people give you positive feedback. So I'm really looking forward to getting some of that. But first, I have to put in the hard work and it has to start right now. So I know a lot of people out there probably are feeling the same way. They're probably feeling like over the pandemic, uh, they ate and drank for comfort and for solace and to feel better in an unstable time and in an unstable world where nothing was guaranteed. And I wouldn't like to tell you all that you're not alone and that change is possible. Anytime you want to make a change, it's, it's a transition and it's difficult. But 21 days is all it takes to create new habits in your life. And I'm really, really excited about kicking some of these old bad habits that I have uh, allowed to sneak into my daily repertoire. I'm very disappointed in when I looked in my pantry last night uh, in some of the shopping choices I've made recently, including the uh, 
the eight bags of Takis from Walmart last week, which I'm probably going to have to give to some of the kids on my football team because there's no chance that I'm going to eat them now. And frankly, if they're sitting there, I'm going to succumb to temptation before too long. I don't want to do that. I'm sure listeners out there don't want me to do that either, unless you guys are rooting for failure, which at which point, hey, you might just get what you're looking for. When I train, I often like to listen to music. One of the ways that I have discovered that keeps me on track is to um, play the same music when I'm working out as it is when I am preparing dinner. I have an awful habit of what I call pre-dinner snacks, where while I'm making supper, I indulge in a, in a meal before supper. Just sitting around, standing around the kitchen while supper is cooking, I will have a sandwich or some chips or some other form of garbage that I really don't need. And then I'll sit down and have supper and I'll just have had two meals. Emotional eating is a real thing. I know that there's a lot of people out there who do it. I know there's a lot of people out there who take comfort and solace in, in what they eat. And, and sometimes they hide it and they're ashamed. I want you to know there is no shame in it. I want you to know that hiding it and keeping it a secret gives it power over you. And I want you to know that when you want it to no longer have power over you, you need to talk to people or someone about it. The more people you have in your corner, the more likely you're going to be to be successful in changing your habits and turning them into good habits. It's one thing at a time. It's just one thing. As I said earlier, I've committed to a few different things. Not much, mind you, but I've committed to a food journal. I've committed to a protein shake every morning for breakfast with my supplements. And I have committed to weighing myself daily and then sharing that progress with you guys. It's three little things. They are not a ton of changes to have to make, but they do change our consciousness. And as people, you know, the, the fact of the matter is that life is a journey, not a destination. And our journey can change at any time and often needs to. So mine needs to change right now. And I certainly hope that this confession or this admission on my part will somehow allow those of you who are struggling with the same issues to maybe share those with others, to maybe speak up, to maybe reach out to me and uh, ask for tips or strategies, and I'm happy to share them. I will keep our listeners apprised as we go along, and I'm really, really excited about about getting Derek back uh, on the podcast because uh, as a friend, I'm concerned about his medical procedure and I'm really, really hoping that he makes it back before too long. But that being said, I do know that what I'm going to do first is I'm going to go over and work out. And that's the first step. Daily, committing to daily exercise is as little, is, is as, little as planning it out and going and doing it. Um, it's sometimes tough to start those habits. It's sometimes a challenge to get that work done, but the fact of the matter is it's worth it. It's worth it to clean up your eating. It's worth it to feel better. And I know 
personally that in five days of eating clean, I will feel a hundred times better than I do at this very moment. And that is exciting to me. That's the great part of being an adult is knowing how good you're going to feel when you do good things. And I'm super excited about that. This has been an awfully emotional morning for me, sharing a lot of these things with you, dear audience and dear listeners. Opening up to people is often traumatic, but nothing changes if the trauma goes unchecked. So I'm really, really glad that I was able to share this with you today. I wasn't 100% sure that I was going to until I arrived here to do this podcast. But I do want you to know that you're not alone. I do want you to know that some, there are other people out there like you. I do want you to know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel and there is a horizon in the distance. All you got to do is keep reaching for it. This has been Meatheads. My name is Mark Lalone. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Meatheads and please, please check out our other podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or Google, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Check out the front page and the beating table. The views and opinions of the guests expressed in this podcast do not reflect those of Redivise and its employees.